What's up, y'all? I got Chris with me. We're here to talk about some Pelicans draft stuff, some overall philosophy when it comes to prospects. Uh, Chris and I were, I don't know if you can call it talking on Twitter, but I brought up some points about Ben Matherin and his ability to perhaps create off the dribble, create for himself, and what that might mean for his future in the NBA. And, and Chris wanted to have a little bit of a deeper conversation. So here we are having this deeper conversation. So I'm going to bring it right out the gate, Chris. Um, I think, first of all, I want people to have a very clear understanding. I love Ben Matherin as a prospect. I think he's a very, very talented player. Uh, I do think he has a considerable amount of upside left. And I think he would be an excellent fit with the Pelicans. So with that being said, I am a little bit concerned about how he didn't really have much ball handling responsibilities in Arizona. Part of that's the system. Part of that's, you know, his, his skill set. And I'm concerned with regards to, do you want to take a player at eight that might only end up being a specialist when it comes to, to shooting? And so the floor is yours, man. Just curious how you feel about that philosophy and, and where you at with him. Nah, nah, man. Uh, and thanks for having me on, bro. As always. Um, no, I mean when you when you put that tweet out, man, it just it just I had been thinking that, you know, for a while, but I hadn't really, you know, of course, you know, you you've watched um a lot more on Ben than I have to really, you know, um formulate that thought completely. But it but but it was it was in there just based off of like, you know, maybe 10 to 20 minutes that I've watched of, you know, of solely him. And I mean, no, there isn't a lot of dribbling. So it, you know, it starts to you know, you start to wonder like how that fits and who that, like what kind of that draws that goes into like comparisons, right? And then you start thinking about some of the other individuals that we've been talking about that just offer you, at least from a, you know, when you try to picture how it, how it works, whether it's right away or long term, you see just more creativity. Now, I want to chop it up with you because I thought it would be, you know, a good conversation because I think, okay, well, I see a dude that – if you're talking right away, what can he do very well at 6'7", what, about what, 200 pounds? Um, you're looking at a guy who should be able – you know, he should be able to shoot the basketball, and you hope that at least early on you're going to be a shooter or you're going to be the shooter or you're going to be a driver, all right? You're going to hope that your, that your ability as, you know, as a shot maker – um, or the threat of you being a shot maker allows teams to close out. You're able to use what, you know, I mean, great athleticism as far as I'm concerned to be able to finish at the rim. So that makes me think of players, right? So I, and I want you, you know, I want you to tell me if you see this, I see early shades of um, some perspectives. Like, is he J.R. Smith? early is he early like gerald green right guys who focused who coming into the league um were raw i don't think he's as raw i think he's he's understanding of where his role is right away while jr and, and, and gerald were really really young out of out of high school and they wanted to do a plethora of things with the basketball creativity i don't think he's that i don't, I don't think he's that level necessarily of athlete even though i think he's really good at it and i don't think even when those guys matured um offensively and maybe and dribbled and created a little bit more. I don't know if he's there right away. But I mean fit environment situation also matters too, right? So I'm I'm just very curious from that perspective because the defensive side of it, 
you know, also kind of kind of worries me. But the tools, the athletic tools are there and you would hope you know, system around some of the you know, around some of the players that he would hopefully be with in New Orleans. That shouldn't take him too, you know, too long. But, you know, I'm with you that the the dribbling aspect, his ability to create, you wonder what's there or how much would it matter? But if you're asking it in comparison to some of the other guys, whether it be Dyson Daniels, um, who's a favorite of mine, or maybe you know, you know some of uh, you know some of the other possible guys down the line that could you know that could infect your roster, um, it's been the right fit. It's it's been more of a this current Pelicans roster. He fits th- what we see of this team, what we think we see of this team today. Um, or is he is he someone that people think can continue to develop some of those other elements long term? I mean, it's a really interesting conversation. Yeah, and I think there's there's kind of two schools of thought here. You know, there's this one school of thought where you have Zion, Bi, CJ, they all need the rock, and yep. and they're all going to create for others. And so, if you have that on your roster already, then bringing in a guy who is very, very good off the ball, and and not just very good, he's a movement shooter. You know, he is he gets open. He you can run plays for him. He's not going to stand in the corner. So bringing in a guy that you can inject into your offense that way and let others create for him on paper is a very, very good fit, right? Especially if you're trying to think of like, oh, the next couple couple years or so. I think, yeah. and and that's one thing I want to make sure like people understand is like, it, there's never a question to me, at least about his fit. I think he's going to be a good fit on just about any team. And I think that's part of, part of his appeal, right? You can plug and play that kind of player because his shooting is so good, his athleticism is so good on, on just about any roster. Uh, and and so the other school of thought is okay. Well, you know what is the long term future for this team, and are you really drafting for just the next couple of years? You know, and and there's other people which, and I kind of fall in this school of camp is where I think the draft is an eight year decision, and especially if you're in the top ten, right? You know, if you're if you're drafting in the twenties, you're drafting the second round. Okay, I think you can afford to be a little bit win now, or think you know more short term and see like, hey, what is this guy going to give me in in the, in the near term? But I think. If you're drafting in the top 10, that's such a rare opportunity, particularly when you're good. You got to be approaching it from the perspective of I want to have this guy in my organization for the next eight years. Yeah, I want I want to I want to get in that second contract. And I would love for him to be approaching a max level guy in that second contract, because those type of players, they don't come to New Orleans and free agents. You got to trade for them and you got to spend a lot of assets to trade for them. You know, Uh, sometimes you get lucky, you know, and you trade for a CJ or a boogie. Um, when their situations are, are perhaps, you know, reaching an end with their, their previous team. Um, but that's the only way to get that kind of player. And so it's either the draft or trade. And if I have an opportunity to make a swing in the top eight for a player who can help me down the line, who can finally like be like the big three with Zion and BI, if, you know, once CJ is, is uh, transitioning to the tail end of his career, that's very attractive to me. And and I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here per se. I think it's just like what you prefer. Um, but what, one thing that is a little bit curious to me is we often build these players, okay, he can play now. He, he's ready now. Or this guy is going to take a while. And I don't think anyone's truly been good at predicting who is ready to play now. Right. 
And you look at a guy like Bones Highland come in, and he's getting playoff minutes from the, the Nuggets. You know, it took him a while to enter the rotation because every coach going to want to play the vets. They wanted to play Facundo. Uh, they had injuries and stuff that led to, to him getting the minutes. But once he got minutes, you're like, okay, this guy is the real deal, right? Um, and then you look at Corey Kispert, who everyone thought would be ready to play day one, and he had an okay rookie. Like, not really impressive by any means. And I think he's going to have an okay NBA career, and that's kind of what you're drafting him for is to be okay. And and personally, I don't like being just okay at at the eighth spot. But here, here's a question for you. When you look at this lineup, you look at Zion, you look at B.I., you look at Herb, and then yeah, you look at Trey. You got four players. If you had a if you had to go to like create a player and pick a skill set to be the fifth player for those four, where's your head go? What what kind of what kind of skill set do you want? in that lineup closing games? You know, I think that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'm a, I think a, a defender. I definitely want a defender. I want, I want a strong, I want a strong perimeter defender. Someone, someone who can defend in space. Um, especially against high pick and roll actions, because I think the trouble that you could run into just based on what we know right now is I don't want to hammer and put everything on her. Right. Um, I, I'm very, I'm extremely flexible about what you do at the, at the big, at the center position. Right. Because, you know, I think that, we 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 have this we have the start in our mindset about where for example Zion is defensively but you know I, I don't think we're I don't think we've reached that yet I don't think it's fair or it's like that that side of him is done right I think that there's still a lot to be seen there um and similar to where you know to some of the leaps that Brandon took this year defensively and had been trying to take I think you'll see from Zion um, so I'm very, I'm very open to where you do there. I, I, I'm not even worried about the position uh, because I think, I think New Orleans are going to be able to dictate how teams play if they're healthy, just based off of how overwhelming they're going to be offensively. So to me, so you're not consistently putting everything on Herb, um, running him through screens, beating, you know, beating his body down. Uh, over over 82 games, no matter how young he is, I would want another another defender, preferably a guard. Um, but that I mean that's why I like Daxon Daniel so much um, because I think that someone someone with and it just so happens that from an IQ perspective, he can just do a little bit of everything, and that's where I'm at. You know, someone who can do a little bit of everything, but what they're bringing you immediately. His defense. Um, if Jose Alvarado was six foot five, and you know, or six foot, it would be perfect. But sometimes right. that size gets in the way of what, of you know, what you would, uh, what you need of him or what you want of him against certain certain matchups. Not saying he doesn't it doesn't eventually work, but to me, you know, that's why I'm at someone that's a little bit that's a little bit bigger because I think overall, you know, when it's when it's all said and done, the Pelicans have a lot of switchable switchable parts players, right? They're they're looking for the the opportunity, the chance to be flexible. Um, and I mean, we're in a league now to where, you know, positions matter, but they don't. 
and we're not we're not worried about where the slots are or what quote unquote position you play. Um, can you work well with others? Are you able to be in a bunch of different lineups and find your way? Um, and I think someone with with high high IQ. I don't even think they have to be you know uh, in, you know an amazing athlete. But someone that a lot that that does that gives you a little bit of everything doesn't hurt you, but can defender and preferably I would want it to be a guard. But I don't know if it necessarily has to be. But you need, I think you you know you um you're going to need some type of protection. I think I think starting out, I just I I don't want to be in a situation. Herb, Herb Jones was fantastic. He was great, but I think they still need some you know uh, some help there in that in that area mainly. As a whether if it's a backup two or however you look at it, to where it's not consistently, we're not in a situation to where we're putting him in situations that just aren't fair. You know, uh, right. I mean, he's you know he's only one guy. As great as he was, um, I think you still need more help there. Right, and you know the way the way I look at it is like okay, well when I when I see those four players, I'm, I think of what I need on a night to night basis. I need I need a little bit of rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Zion can get better in that regard. B.I. does a really good job for his position, but if you're going to play in a little bit smaller, you're going to need some rebounding. And I think, again, Dyson gives you that. He is one of the best guard rebounders in this class. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, defensive versatility, those lineups, for me, are probably going to switch a lot. Um, you're probably not going to play a traditional big there. You know, If you're playing Trey or Herb at center or Zion at center, whoever, um, those lineups are going to switch a lot. And and so I need, I need positional versatility. And then I need a guy who can connect the pieces. So, so that's where, where, you know, that's what Lonzo was really, really good. At. You know, yes. He was, he was really, really good at finding the cracks, finding the gaps and being like, okay, this person needs the ball. Let's get it to him. Um, and using others attention to, to do that. And I would love for uh, a similar type aspect to be brought to the team. And then someone who can also, if the shot clock's winding down or if, you know, the coverage necessitates it, create in a pinch, you know, someone who can run a pick and roll, someone who can get to the rim um, and, 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 you know, do something with their own offense. I would love to me, like, that's what I'm looking for um, to kind of round out that group. And I think, you know, Dyson, Dyson fits that, that uh, description really well. Um, the, the long-term shot in my opinion is Usman Jang, you know, he's six nine six ten does a lot of the handling can, can be a, um, you know, I think he can be a better big man type defender. He's not going to defend bigs because he's very, very skinny. But in the terms of like rotationally, can he can he protect the weak side rather than a point uh, a point of attack defender? Who I think Dyson is probably more point of attack. You're probably going to have Jang in the in the in the backside um, helping on rotations. But um, yeah, I mean that's what I'm looking at for 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 that specific uh, unit. And uh, I'm so curious if the Pelicans are going to be able to find it. But that being said, um, bringing the conversation back to to Ben Matherin and and sign of like what you're talking about, like oh, I might need some guys to do a little more. You look at the I want I want to pick on two teams in the playoffs here. One, the Celtics in the finals. You look at how valuable a guy like Derek White has been. Yeah, um, and he's been shooting well percentage wise, but he's not known as a shooter, right? He's not known yeah. as someone who you're relying on for offense, but he does all the things. He gets to the paint. He defends up and down positions. Um, he, he can pass the ball. He can connect the pieces together. And and that's become such a valuable piece for the Boston Celtics because they have two stars who can generate offense. And I'm not really concerned about B.I. and Zion being able to generate offense. 
that right. team had a number. The Pelicans had the best offense in the league for a stretch of two months playing Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. So, like, we're not we're yeah. not concerned about them scoring the ball. Um, and the other team I want to bring up is the Phoenix Suns, who, you know, if you kind of follow, like, their, their fans and their writers, a lot of them were like, man, we should have traded for Eric Gordon when we had the chance. Why? Because he can actually put the ball on the floor. Yep. He can – you know, when they when they ran up against the Mavericks, all of their wings and they were, you know, there was there was those issues against the Pelicans too. It was just kind of Chris Paul and Aiden wore them down. But like yeah. they all of their wings got to a point where like you can, if their three point shots weren't going down, they were not valuable offensive pieces. They couldn't they couldn't put the ball on the floor. They couldn't create anything. I mean, Mikel Bridges had a really, really bad series. Um, we already know about Jay Crowder. Cam Johnson was like the only guy of their wing group, in my opinion, like that was like doing stuff. And part of that's because like he is on another level of shooter than, than, than those folks. So bringing the conversation back to Ben, I think there's kind of like a spectrum of players. If, you know, if you assume his, his handle and and creation don't develop, if they develop, if you bring him into a workout and you're like, Oh my God, this guy has it all. I think there's like no question, right. At that point, you're like, whatever you you lean all the way into it. Um, But if you're, you know, if you're shaky on that development, you're like, okay, there's a spectrum of players. I think the spectrum starts on the low end from the Gerald Green, the Ben McLemore's, and it goes to the high end of, of like a Clay mm. Thompson, right? Mm. Um, guys who can be uh, impactful without the ball, Who where, where do you fall in between? Um, I think he's decisively better um, and I think more engaged than than I think Ben McLemore was a, as a prospect. Although, you know, Ben Ben was almost went number two and he ended up falling to the Kings for different reasons. But um, I, I think he has, a, like you said, a better understanding of his role, a better understanding of where yeah. he's going to make his money um, rather than coming in. And, and, and also, I think he'll have a better developmental environment if he came to the Pelicans than, than those Kings. Um, but, you know, is he is he going to be someone that's going to impact the game on a high level because of his shot? And so it's like, OK, then I'm, how many eggs am I putting in in the, in the shot basket? Like if it's going to be consistently good, consistently and he's going to move with shooter. Oh, yeah, you can build an offense around that. You know, I think he's going to be right. You got the creators. Um, but again, it's just like I come I'm come back to like these these playoffs and it's like. I look at these wings and then when those shots stop falling, you know, we saw it with Houston when they missed 27 straight threes in the Western conference finals against the, the Warriors, their wings couldn't do anything. You know, it was James Harden, James Harden, James Harden, James Harden. And when your attack becomes predictable and then, you know, when your shots stop falling, players also lose trust. And then they try to like do, do more than they're supposed to. They stop trusting the system. Is that going to be an issue with Matherin? Uh, just and, and I, I guess do you feel do you feel like where I'm going with this? No, no, I do because look, right? I mean, that's what made Herb Jones so so special. Uh, it's like off like we listen. He was uh, fantastic defensively, one of the best uh, rookie seasons defensively that we've you know that we've seen maybe ever, but but in a very long time, especially at that position when you look at the degree of difficulty that you asked of him, but we knew already that he was going that he projected to be a really good defender even if he if he surpassed our you know our thoughts the defense wasn't necessarily surprised even if we were like damn he shouldn't be able to do that as a rookie um mm-hmm. but offensively was where the things where, where things clicked and it wasn't just a jumper um it was the fact when things broke down Hurt could do a little bit more with the basketball he just he understood time place position and role even if maybe he was sometimes a little bit too passive even if sometimes he didn't attack um, 
you know, Chris Paul being on him in certain, you know, in certain elements, right? Um, we watched him be able to late in shot clocks, not just settle for jumpers. We watched him go to the lane, create contact, uh, contact, Euro steps. Uh, we watched him make cuts when they were available. He just made the right basketball play. We, you know, you watched him make the right pass. Those things, because look, even without, even without Zion, right? Offensively, um, the Pelicans had a had a lot of teams, the average team defensively scrambling. And that's what and that's what that kind of talent is going to bring you, especially when uh they're making the right plays. Defenses are going to be in scramble mode. So sometimes um that that may mean if you're if you are Ben, for example, even if the jump shot is there, even if the even if the three is there, you may have an opportunity to get an even better shot. And that's where you know, that semblance of dribbling and so on and so forth comes in. Can he make the right play with his wife, Dyson Daniels? You know, we know we talk about it's one of those guys that, we, you know, that I think a lot of us are, are interested in because um, he makes a lot of plays that I don't think are going to show up on a, you know, on a box score. Right. You know, he may have a, you know, a, you know, a 10, four and five game, but there's going to be a lot of different things that were done throughout the game and communication and knowing where to be, knowing what play to make, knowing it's this guy's time. I, our goal offensively is to get it through him and not getting in the way, not getting it, not getting in the way of the guys who are going to do the heavy lifting. So that's what's interesting for Ben. I mean, your job, your role is going to be easier, and the lanes are going to be are going to be there to be able to make things happen. He's going to see, um, he's going to ha- he, he would he would have opportunities that most guys drafting in the top ten just don't get very often, and that could help him. That could help yeah. him a lot. Um, most. Most athletes, I think, with that potential, I, I think Ben has a high has a high ceiling with that ability to shoot right away, and what he can do at the rim. Um, if he if he's drafted in New Orleans, I think it could be a really really good fit. If he goes to Sacramento, it's totally. I mean, we've seen this before, right? Um, right. So I mean, so that's 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 my worry there, which is why I'm very open to him. Um, I just I'm with you with those pieces when you have so many individuals right you have four like in your starting in in your starting group as in i mean and you could you could put herb in this in this group even if you wanted to but in your starting projected lineup you have four guys that can get their own in a in a plethora of ways that's not common so um and you're going to be able to move those move those individuals in different you know in different lineups between Jonas, zion bi um and uh, and CJ, in which it's going to just it's the way you the way you spread out the minutes, it's gonna be it's gonna open up a lot of opportunities for um, guys that maybe um, just aren't used to having certain 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 exposure when it comes to looks and just how easy the game should be. Um, but at the same time. I do think that 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 puts a premium on adding individuals that can do multiple things on the floor. Also, um, also complement your stars that you have right now and just not get in their way, because um, like you said, offense isn't going to be a problem. Um, And I think with Matherin, what's going to how will he develop? in making not just not just as a passer but you know the hockey assist man i watched dyson daniels he, he even if he finished the game with four assists he had at least 
three or four hockey assists in that same game. Those things don't show up, right? Because they're not the they're not the flashy thing, but those things win basketball games. Um, where can Ben where can Ben affect the game in that manner? Maybe not this year, but next year, the year afterwards, and then defensively. You know, and I I'll 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 leave that aspect to you beyond what we're looking at offensively. My wonders is what kind of defender, how long will it take for him to be an impactful defender with those physical gifts? Um, I, I wish I could see it right away. Right. But beyond just the mental aspect that he's going to have to grasp and how fast the game is and um, ball watching and all the things that young guys go through. We watch Trey sure. you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I think, I think Ben, where I think he deserves a little bit more credit um, that be, perhaps people don't recognize is his passing ability. Uh, when he's in advantage situations, perhaps, you know, if he's got a, a dribble handoff and he's in the paint and he's playing two on one against the big or he's in transition, I think he has like real vision. I don't think he quite has the handle to take advantage of his vision fully, right? He can't necessarily get himself in the position to do it, but I think he like really sees things develop. And, and that makes me optimistic about him being able to provide some of the stuff you mentioned, the secondary assists, the hockey assists, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think it's a real question about, like, where are you impacting the game outside of scoring? If your shot's not falling, how are you going to show up on the stat sheet? And and really, really good shooters, they can show up on the stat sheet just by being there, just because yeah. they're going to have gravity. I think there's a very good chance he can become a gravity guy. So I think, you know, he's got that going for him. But with regards to defense – if he's playing on a Willie Green team and getting minutes, he's playing good defense, right? He's just not going to get minutes if he's not playing good defense. Yeah. So you know, you know, he's going to be fine if he gets minutes early. But I think that that's that's a huge thing for him, and that's probably going to like dictate the level of success he has in this league. And where I think in Arizona, he had a really high usage, um, and there, in, and we've seen players who take on a greater offensive load. Um, and, and his shots weren't like, oh, I'm just going to like stand here and get it. Like he was working for his shots because he was running around um, off screens and, and getting open for those threes. So he was working for those shots. And I think it's easy for those guys to like take a step back on defense um, and, and coming to an NBA team, particularly a playoff ready team. They're going to be uh, he's going to be expected to defend first and foremost and then hit his shots. So I, I'm a little bit more optimistic he develops on that end. But it's, it's really, as you said, it's going to be the defining aspect of who he turns into and how long, you know, how, how effective he's going to be in terms of, is he just going to be a role player guy or is he going to be a guy that you want to be closing games with and you're comfortable playing in, in high leverage situations? Um, yeah. yeah. Cause, cause, because most guys, most, and, and I, I do like this about him. Most guards wings that work, off ball like him, they don't have his athleticism. Right. Right. I mean that, that's just that's that's just typically how it works. If you like how good would Etwan Moore be if he had a 40 inch vert yeah. and he was six seven. You know, <laughs> I, I I mean, you know, if Duncan Robinson had you know if he could jump over over this shoebox I'm looking at in my room, you know, he would have been he, things would have been different. So that's that's what's really interesting about him. That's what makes me you know, and I'm 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 fine with Ben, right? I mean, I have a preference, but I would love to welcome. I would love you. You easily easily take Matherin if if you can. But that's what's that's the most interesting part about his game to me is that most guys, if he was just a spot up shooter, it'd be a little bit different. But guys that you can run off curls, that you can run off that that you can just the options 
and the creativity off ball, they simply do not have the ability off of off of the catch to be able to uh, to to attack the rim. And I mean that attacks the way a defender has to ha- has to run towards you, right? I mean, um, it's you know that's how people fall, man. <laughs> you know, right, um, right. now listen, I mean in 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 an NBA and going against NBA defenses where, you know, some of the, some of the spaces are, are a lot smaller. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's interesting to see how he navigates through some of those areas, but then that, that feeds again back to the point to where if he's playing with some of these lineups that have Zion or if they have BI in them or CJ, um, what will, what will his, you know, his, his lane, what will his pass to the rim look like? I don't I don't know. I mean, you, you assume teams are, you know, easily going to say, "All right, you know what? If he has to be the one to make the play, we'll let him make it." It's very. I mean, it's very. Right. Are they going to top lock him and run him off the line? You know it, I yeah, mean? I mean, it, it's it's. You know, I mean, you you know, you look at, um, and being able to walk into a setup like that day one can be huge for a player. You know, uh, the biggest. You know, I look at you look at J.R. Smith in Denver, right? It took him. You know, it took him time, but what what made him special, and he and he got better. You know, going on. And, and actually as a defender, but what made him special going on is that he gave you gravity eventually as a shooter, even if it was streaky, but closeouts had to look differently because off of, off of pump fakes or off of, um, off of highly contested closeouts, he was able to get to the rim and do special things once he got to the rim. I mean, I, you know, and he was also a guy who you can move off the ball and, you know, have some creativity. You know, he was more than just a spot up shooter. So it, it, that's what's most it, most interesting to me about him. When you work that hard, typically you have to do it because, uh, you know, I mean, you're pegged as that kind of as that kind of shooter, as that kind of player. I mean, you know, we see it, you know, Doug McDermott. We talked about you talked about Etwan Moore, um, you know, in our. And some of it, you know, is 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 legitimately good at it. So you're gonna do the things yeah. you're good at more, right? You know, you're gonna try to play to your strengengths. If he didn't have the dribble and, and is effective, then you know he didn't have the dribble. But right. part of that's gonna be them figuring it out in their workouts. Now they haven't been able to secure a workout with him yet. But my question, my final question to you is if you were in that building, what would you need to see in that workout to where you'd be like, Yup, I got no questions. Let's go, let's go. Well, I so and, and and I haven't I haven't I haven't been privy to um to to be in any of these workouts to see exactly how they're being um you know how how they're set up and what is exactly being asked of are they um are they very similar no matter you know um the individual are they are they kind of you know just plain just you know just based do this dribble, you know, similar dribble, dribble workouts, finishing, you know, I mean, are the, are the drills similar, similar de- depending on the player or depending on the position or, you know, how creative do they get? Because to me, if, I, I mean, I, I, well, let's I assume you have full team. creative control and you exactly. can design it for him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, so, yeah, because to me, I want to put your weaknesses on display and see how you react to them. That's it. You don't have to do great at them, right? Because you're not supposed to, you're not, you're not a finished product. But I want to see mentally when I am. It's like, yo, I know you can shoot. I know what you can do off the ball. I've watched you do it already. I've been, I've been watching you for, you know, for quite some time now. I, I've, I've scouted all the things you can do well. I know what type of athlete you are. I don't need you to go 
and do a high jump. I don't need you to, um, you know, I don't need to see how how quick you are in certain cones. Or the athleticism isn't necessarily the issue, and in, 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 in either either the shooting is. I'm gonna still put you through them, but the main thing is I'm gonna put you in in spots that make you uncomfortable, right? So to me, if they put him in situations to where he has to create, if they put them in spots to where he has to, you know, you know, he has to react and do things in which he they just weren't found on film. Some of the things you you spoke about, specifically dribbling, how does how does he react? Even if he doesn't do them well, if he comes out confident and he comes out eager to attack them, whether whether he passes or fails. That's something to where I'm like, okay, I want this guy because I know that number one, you're not afraid. Number two, even if you're not good at something, even you know it doesn't, it's it's not going to necessarily break you, right? Um, and then I, you know, I I also want to see based off of what was last put on film on you, what have you been working on? Have you does this look a little bit different than what I, you know, than what I watched you do against Arizona State, right? Um. So that's that's what I would be interested in. I would want to put someone in a lot of situations that they that are, that are foreign to them, or maybe they you know they don't find as a strength or they're uncomfortable with to see how they react. Because if you come out strong with it uh, on a team that you know uh, you know the Pelicans are trying to build something that that damn works sustainable or something that is sustainable, they're trying to build something along those lines, and it's gonna take what made that team last year special was that they were tough for the most part. They were tough. They fought through a lot of a lot of adverse situations and they all came from different backgrounds and lights. I think if you're going to be a part of this organization going forward, you need more individuals like that. And sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable and sometimes it's going to be ugly. Can you find a way to put, you know, to. So whatever whatever his weaknesses are from top to bottom, I would like to see mentally. um, I want to look at him in his eyes and see how he reacts to them. And even if it doesn't go his way, what's his. You know, what's his demeanor like afterwards? Is, is he beating himself up? Those are the things that would matter to me because I feel like we have a grasp or an, or an idea of what we think he'll be able to do at the next level already. I think that's a really good answer. I think that's, that's well thought out. And I agree. I think uh, willing to face adversity goes a long way. And I think that's definitely part of the ethos when it comes to – I'm using them words again, ethos, <laughs> when it comes to, to the Pelicans' draft philosophy. Right. Uh, you know, they, they they talked about it with Herb, Trey and, and, and Jose and, you know, with, with Najee. And I think that's very much the kind of person that they're looking for to, to enter their organization. And, you know, talent's obviously a part of that. But who you are is is as well. Uh, well, Chris, I appreciate your time. I'm going to shout out our sponsors really quickly. And, you know, we all know the finals are going on. So with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of the NBA, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. So if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook, use the promo code BOOT, B-O-O-T, as seen on your screen, any $5 bet during the NBA finals you can get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code BOOT at DraftKings, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling or referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you for y'all's time. I appreciate it. And we'll see you soon.